One of my favorite parts of being at All Souls is uh, our pilgrimage class. And I have had the privilege now of sharing the mission of our church in pilgrimage for 17 and a half years. And our mission is this. Uh, All Souls Church is a worshiping community seeking the peace of the city. We exist to welcome the stranger and form people for mission in our city. And normally we'll talk about two passages when we discuss this. The first is Jeremiah 29, 7. Uh, Seek the peace of the city where I sent you into exile. And then the second one is from Isaiah 65, 17 to 25. It's a passage that describes what a city looks like when it's experiencing God's peace. And since the Lord says, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, this is our, what we dream about. This is kind of the goal, knowing we'll never fully reach it. But let's just, let me just read through that passage with you. The marks of a city experiencing peace. The first one's joy. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad, rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. The second mark of a city enjoying God's peace is health care. Verse 20, no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. A third mark, housing. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Another mark, jobs. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Justice. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Faith, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. And unity. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. If you've been around All Souls for a while, you've heard us talk about Shalom, it's this big Hebrew idea of fullness, wholeness, flourishing, what God dreams of for a community. And you've probably heard us talk about Shalom Gaps. And the idea is, uh, if, if we're a part of a little church that's trying to seek the Shalom of the city, you can't do everything. So maybe there's one particular area of Shalom where there's a gap between what God envisions and what people experience, that maybe that'll be the area that you serve in. Well, I have been drawn to verse 25 for many years. 
It's a poetic vision of a community living out peace and reconciliation and unity. The members don't hurt each other. They don't destroy each other. The wolf and the lamb, natural enemies, graze peacefully beside one another. And the barriers that normally divide a community are taken down. They live in peace. Well, like many other cities in America, we have a division in Knoxville between black and between white. We have a shalom gap. We have a racial wound. And we may not have many riots or Jim Crow laws, but the black community suffers in a way in our, in our city that the white community does not. Some time ago, I was with a black community leader in his office near Magnolia, and we were getting to know each other. He said, Knoxville's really thrived over the past 30 years. It's incredible what's happened, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it really is. And then he laughed and he said, not in my neighborhood. And then he said, I don't feel like I have access to any of the resources that you have access to. And of course, I don't know, I don't know the background of his story, but I do know that's how he feels. And so for the most part, the, the black community and the white community uh, are entirely come off, cut off from each other in our city. And the white community doesn't draw on the strengths of the black community. The black community doesn't get to draw on the strengths of the white community. And we don't seek the peace of the city together. And I kind of became aware of that gap in a distinctive way last spring when Pastor Darrell asked me to join him in the funerals of those dear children that were uh, killed from Austin East, Justin Taylor, Stanley Freeman, Janaria Mohammed, and Jamarian Gillette. And they all came kind of one after another, if you remember. And in the, in the middle of it, uh, Daryl said, we need to pray. And so he, he, he called together uh, 20 black pastors and me, and I was honored to be a part of that. And these became some of the most sacred meetings that I've ever been a part of. They were very important to my own journey through COVID. And I'm, I'm kind of humbled by it. When I started, there was so much pain in the room and suffering and trauma um, that I remember my first response was, there's so much pain here. The white church has so many resources. We need to get those resources to these black pastors and help them get through this. And then a month or so later, I remember sitting in the room thinking, I have never seen people suffer with hope like this my entire life. These black pastors have resources that the white pastors desperately need. I wish somehow that they could connect. Yet white leaders and black leaders barely know each other in our city. I'm not one to remember quotes, but Driving home from one of those prayer meetings, uh, Dr. a quote from Dr. King came to mind. In a real sense, all life is interrelated. All men are caught in an escapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. 
And there was something about that spring and those meetings and just years of thinking about us that just was very laid on my heart very heavily that all across the country, this inescapable network of mutuality between black and white is, is broken. And it's true in our city as well. And I kept thinking of Jesus' last prayer in John 17, where he prays for, prays for unity. He prays, I ask that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so all of this was kind of stirring in my heart and my mind last spring, and I just kept thinking, this must break your heart, Jesus, how separate we are. And out of those prayer meetings, I began to sense a new calling. And I began to sense that I was to give uh, the next part of my vocational career to stepping into this shalom gap in some way, to trying to provide healing there. And callings are like Polaroid snapshots. They emerge slowly. This one is still emerging. But here's kind of what I, I know so far. I believe God is calling me to build relationships with black and white leaders in order to encourage kingdom partnerships. And in order to pursue this call, I will be stepping down as your pastor at the end of this year. I'm not really sure what this ministry will look like. The first year, I think I'll mostly listen and try to discern where the Father is already at work in healing racial wounds and building kingdom partnerships. I have many conflicting feelings as I share this with you. I feel very sad because I love you. You have been our spiritual family for 18, 18 years. And it's very hard to say goodbye. And I'm grieving the thought of leaving you. But I also feel hopeful. And I wanted to end by just talking about that a little bit. Um, Ash Wednesday, and we had some beautiful services here. It was a lovely day. It was kind of like this one. And after the noon service, I went over to uh, um, the graveyard, the old, old gray graveyard where I've seen to have spent so much time. And I began to think about the well. And I think we've got a picture there. And if you were here that day, you remember we've been looking at the story in Genesis where Isaiah, or rather Isaac's wells are clogged by the enemy. And so he keeps redigging them so that life water can flow again. And I, I just have had a sense for a while that for some reason things were just a little stuck, that many good things were happening, but that something was just quite stuck. And I, uh, I prayed to the Lord. There's a tree in there that I've kind of made my own, and I, I was actually there before service tonight, and I sat down and I said, God, I want the water to flow through us so powerfully, but it just feels like something's clogging the well. And he, and he said, it's not so much that you're clogging the well, Doug, but it's time for a change.
just heard it as clearly as I could possibly hear it. That it's time for new leadership to come and lead our church into the future. And that confirms what Sandy and I have both been sensing in prayer for some time now. We started to feel this about a year ago, and we thought it might be COVID fatigue. Um, but then the fatigue went away, and, um, uh, but the sense of an ending and a new beginning uh, did not. You know, our future is so bright, but COVID has been hard. And we, we will move into our future together. And I, I look forward to being here for the rest of this year to walk with you as you begin the search for a new pastor. So I love you very much. Nate, would you come and talk to us about next steps? Again, All Souls family, um, we've just been given some uh, quite consequential news. Um, Doug's been the senior pastor of All Souls, as you know, um, from its beginning. We've, we've been incredibly blessed um, by his ministry in so many ways. Um, and, I, and I know that as this year progresses, there's going to be a lot of opportunities um, to celebrate, um, to talk about, to relive um, the, the blessings that we've experienced through his ministry. Um, and we'll do that individually, I'm sure, and collectively um, as well. And we're looking forward to the fact that Doug will remain our pastor for the rest of the year. Um, that is not going to change for, for a bit of time yet. Um, but tonight, as I talk to you, I want to focus on the future um, more than on the past. Um, I'm sure this news is hitting all of us um, in a variety of different ways. Doug described that um, himself just a few minutes ago. So I want to start by just um, asking you to indulge me for a few minutes um, to, to let me share personally, um, as me, not in any role as the chair of the shepherding team or anything like that, but just, just personally. Um, if you're experiencing a range of emotions and hearing this news, I want to assure you that you're not alone. Um, I've been at All Souls since, um, since nearly the beginning, and I know I have very mixed emotions about the prospect of Doug winding down his ministry in this church. Um, you know, first, first and foremost, I think the first emotion that hits me is that I'm sad. Um, think of all the times that we've spent together and all the work that we've done together and it's, it's been amazing um, and I'm, gonna, I'm sad to see that end. I, I think I remembered a nine years ago it'll be nine years ago Easter, Doug baptizing our daughter Arwen um, but behind the house of our uh, worship leader at that time and the, the, those kinds of precious moments they're just throughout the whole time that we've been here and so sadness is the first one that hits me, at least. But at the same time, I'm also very happy for the new opportunities that Doug is pursuing. I mean, what he described is a serious shalom gap in our city that we've heard him talk about before for many, many years. And to see him moving in this direction in a more you know, um, permanent way 
um, is exciting, and it's, and it's good to see, and it makes me happy to, to see that. Um, there's just no question that what he's heading toward is something that's really needed, and I'm happy to see it. And then thirdly, I'm, I'm also excited about the opportunities that searching for our next pastor is going to provide for the life of our body and for our ministry in the city. Um, Honestly, my, my thoughts and my feelings are just a bit all over the map at this point, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Um, personal indulgence, over. Um, now I want to shift gears, um, because the main reason I'm in front of you tonight isn't to share my personal reaction to this news, but to give you a first update on the process uh, to search for a new pastor um, in my role as chair of the shepherding team. Um, I want to leave you with two key points tonight. First, God is with us. We have faith that he will guide us through this process, and we are, in fact, well-prepared as a body to move through this transition. Second thing I want you to take away is that the process to hire our next pastor is already starting, and we'll be needing your input throughout the process. So let me elaborate. First, while the shepherding team only recently became aware of Doug's specific timeline for stepping down, there have been conversations happening for years around the question of how to maintain and expand the ministry of All Souls Church when Doug eventually decided to move on to the next phase of his life and work. Uh, the church is, to the extent possible, prepared for this transition. And an important point here, really important point, our goal in the search process is not going to be to replace Doug. If, I, if you ever hear me say, uh, well, this search for Doug's replacement, please just come up and slap me immediately. And try to check yourself on saying that as well. We aren't going to be replacing Doug. We can't replace Doug. The search is for our next pastor, not for Doug 2.0. We're not going to find a Doug 2.0. So let's understand that's not the goal, even now, just as we're beginning. Next, I want to remind you that this will be simply the latest example of the constant evolution that our church has experienced from its beginnings. When an initial group of people started talking about all souls, the plan was for John Wood to be the pastor. That changed before the church even started. And Doug ultimately became the founding pastor of All Souls Church. We started out in the old or in the new, the new shiny Knoxville Convention Center. Then we moved pretty quickly to the old Knoxville Convention Center. Then we thought we were going to buy a place on Union Avenue. We didn't. We moved to Four Market Square. Um, that was great in a lot of ways and not great in a lot of ways. And now we're here. We own the current location. We lease out portions of the property to support the ministry of the church. Our first associate pastor left all souls. The staff structure was shifted dramatically. Our founding pastor of worship retired. Her replacement was short-lived, and we are now blessed to have Matt in that role. Bottom line here is that there have, been a lot of, there, there have been a lot of changes at All Souls over the years. Some of them have been bumpy. The change has been constant, but here's the more important part by far. God's presence has been constant. He will be with us. And we, the shepherding team, staff, and everyone in the congregation will be seeking him during this transition too. 
We have faith that God will guide us to a person who can serve effectively toward the mission God has given us to seek the peace of Knoxville. And we're blessed to have evidence to support that faith. And now for the big point number two. I want to share with you some substantive next steps. We aim to have a new pastor, permanent pastor, in place by January 1st, but we're not going to treat this as an absolute deadline. We will prioritize a thorough process over a fast process every time, and we will have contingency plans in place if a permanent hire can't be made before the end of the year. Next, leading up to its next board meeting on April 12th, the shepherding team will be working toward a position description that will guide the search for a new pastor. We will use this opportunity to review our staffing structure to ensure that it aligns completely with the objectives of our church and make any adjustments that are necessary. We'll also be forming a search committee to implement a search process whose broad parameters will be developed by the shepherding team. Our goal will be to establish a committee that is broadly representative of the church membership. However, I want to emphasize that an inclusive search committee is only one of the many ways that the congregation is going to be involved in this search. So please, please keep your eyes open for opportunities to participate. The shepherding team has the responsibility to make this hiring decision, but we will be seeking lots of input along the way. To that end, if you are in the church directory, Please keep your eye out for a separate communication coming later this week that will ask you to share your thoughts and give initial input on this transition. People in the directory will also be receiving two other communications uh, earlier in the week, one from Doug, largely reprising his announcement tonight, and one from me, summarizing what I've said tonight so that those who aren't here can be brought up to speed. The shepherding team is also committed to communicating regularly, and I hope clearly, throughout this process. If you ever have any questions, any doubts, any concerns, or any ideas, you should feel free to contact me by email or by phone. Um, my contact details are in the directory, um, but I'll also just uh, speak out loud. My email address is nathan.j.kelly at gmail.com, or you can call me at 865-335-6780. I'm happy to talk, and it's frankly very helpful um, to know what we've left unaddressed so that we can communicate more comprehensively. As always, I want to thank you for your commitment to All Souls and its mission, which is to seek the peace of the city. We are entering into yet another moment of challenge and opportunity, and it's my prayer that once again God will work in this change to encourage, to unify, and to guide us. Please keep the shepherding team, Doug, the staff, and the entire congregation in your prayers as we move through this process. And as we end, let me, let me pray for us uh, quickly. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence with us. Um, thank you that you've been with us all along the way. Thank you that you've given us a mission and thank you that Doug has served so faithfully as our senior pastor for these many years. I pray that as we begin to look to the next chapter, that you would guide us, that you would help us to remain unified, 
that we would feel your presence in, in many tangible ways. I pray that you would give us wisdom. And I pray that you would um, especially be with us in these next months uh, of the transition. Help Doug to serve well um, as he ends his time at All Souls. Help us to come around him and send him off well when the time comes. And help us to find the right person, one of the right people, um, to serve as our next pastor. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's go to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord.